Welcome to podcast number 29, Personal Questions, Spiritual Concerns. Uh, if you remember, the last couple of podcasts, um, we went over some questions that I had received. This group of questions, five questions, are mostly about spiritual concerns, although the final question regards medication. But uh, mostly what we're going to talk about today is those spiritual concerns and my experience with them, my personal experiences with them. So I guess here we go. So why do you think that the Lord gave you your illness? Uh, That's not an easy question to answer. I'm not sure that I know all the answers to that question. What I can tell you is that I needed the trial for salvation and exaltation. I can certainly tell you that I've learned a great deal regarding how the spirit works, how the body and spirit work together, the power of the body to control emotions through the chemistry. I certainly learned that body chemistry has great power in this mortal world. Why this specific illness for me? I've always taken to heart the thought that I believe comes from Elder Maxwell. By the way, one of my favorite authors. Paraphrased, he basically states that our trials in this life have been specifically chosen for us to provide for our salvation and exaltation. The Lord has laid out out for us a specific plan for exaltation, and that includes all of our trials, if we are willing to accept it. A plan of trials, heartache, disappointments, suffering, pain... Now, yeah, that includes those sweet moments of happiness, joy, fulfillment, love, peace, revelation. However, happiness is sweetest when we do know some level of pain, and love is greater when we have suffered some heartache. So I can also state that I have always learned that the most in my life when things get difficult. When the path is easy, it's easy to find other things to do than what we probably should be doing. I can also say that I know that I don't fully understand what a celestial life is. still learning. I think most of us are. I think that my illness and my set of trials is working to help me to see what celestial life is and can be. Now you're going to say, what does suffering bipolar disorder, depression, and autoimmune illnesses have to do with celestial life? The only thing I can say for certain is that the Lord stated he had to pass through what was termed the pains, sicknesses, infirmities, afflictions, and temptations of his people to be able to become celestial and to be able to succor his people. I suppose if we're, we're going to become like him, I'm sure that we must pass through, pass through some of the same things. There's something about suffering that brings a celestial nature to man if he yields to the enticings of the Spirit of the Lord. Suffering does not always bring a celestial nature. Layman and Lamb will prove that. It requires the Spirit of the Lord and a willingness to allow the suffering to change the individual. So why this specifically this trial for me, beyond what I've stated, Suppose that somewhere in the pre-mortal life there were things I needed and perhaps could not learn any other way than what was provided for me in this life. I certainly haven't been told everything, but I've always thought that if not for the trial of the mental illness, I would likely have wandered from the path more than I should have and risked my exaltation. I think the trial kept me close to the Lord in many ways, and on my knees in many ways. So for me, it was a method to keep me in the path and teach me at the same time. I can certainly see where this would not always be the case for others, but for me, it worked. Beyond the more general answers, I guess the answer to your question is going to be very tailored to you and your salvation and exaltation. Uh, the second question I have, what does your patriarchal blessing say about the illness? Absolutely nothing, at least from the more obvious perspective. And even in an interpretive perspective, I don't see much of it. You would think that the Lord would have placed some kind of Easter egg within the text, but just simply isn't there. I thought about that a great deal. Something so significant in one's life 
one of the largest trials you'll face, and there isn't even a mention of it. Now, there's three small words that could possibly mean something, but I've never really felt that type of inspiration. I'm not exactly sure entirely why the Lord would leave it out. Perhaps it wasn't needed within the context of what the Lord wanted to say to me. I'm not sure that every part of our life is going to be in a patriarchal blessing, and I don't think that we should think that the Lord's going to spell out every detail of our lives in every sentence, kind of a two-page history of your life. Are there going to be important moments in your life that are not mentioned in a patriarchal blessing, with more than maybe an interpretive phrase that might be interpreted for many events in your life? I used to be concerned as to why the Lord would leave it out and not provide me some kind of counsel. But over time, I learned that not all counsel is to be found in the patriarchal blessing. The Lord provided the inspiration that I needed when I needed it. Sometimes revelation comes well before the event. Sometimes our revelation comes just before the event. And there are times when revelation comes after things happen in your life, after the trials. I think that one of the most important things about revelation is that we really can't predict when it will come. And we can't seem to force it to come. I believe that's kind of incredibly important to the idea of revelation. The timing of the Lord, so that we know that it is from Him, and not our own thoughts and feelings kind of forcing it to come. I wouldn't be concerned if counsel is somehow lacking in a patriarchal blessing for a mental illness. Uh, third question. Do you think that people with depression, anxiety, and bipolar can serve effectively in callings? <clears throat> Short answer is yes. The longer answer is yes, with some caveats. Mental illness and callings actually don't mix well when someone isn't managing their mental illness. Unmanaged mental illness is far more time-consuming, difficult, and causes far too many issues with spirituality for a demanding calling. And for the most part, every calling does have some demands. Someone has to be managing mental illness in effective ways. Now, I've discussed how to do this in other podcasts, and it takes about a podcast to discuss it. The next question is always, well, what does that mean to be managed? How managed does it need to be? I think the first thing is you have to be actively doing those things that manage the illness. You need to be eating right, sleeping sufficiently, managing stress in your life, taking your medications if you have them, seeing professionals if that's what you're doing, and so forth. Whatever has been determined is best for your treatment. Even with all of this, the illness needs to be reasonably stable. This means that you aren't rocketing in and out of depression or mania or even having anxiety episodes on a regular basis. This doesn't mean that you aren't having some episodes and issues that would be what we kind of term normal. The calling is naturally going to add stress to your life, and you will need to have that capacity to accept the stress level of the calling. At first, I recommend callings that would be less stressful to see how you do. If you have natural talents of music and children, perhaps a chorus during primary or for young women or young men or even the ward choir, if you are sufficiently comfortable with adults, I think... Perhaps a better way to think of it might be to think of those things that cause you serious stress. For instance, if you have anxiety attacks and really don't like to be in front of people, a teaching position in the Sunday school is probably not right for you. But maybe a primary teaching would work because maybe you can do that with kids. Why am I telling you this? It isn't like you can just walk into the bishop's office and ask for, ask for a particular calling, right? Uh, traditionally, yeah, that's not the acceptable method. So in some ways, I guess that's true. However, the bishop probably needs to know your limits and capacities before he can even give you a calling, or before he does give you a calling that you can't do. Now, why am I telling you this? So you will consider those things that may cause serious issues with considering your illness, and you can effectively explain those things to the bishop or elder scorn president. 
in a manner that will allow you to have a calling by inspiration, but with the appropriate information given to those who make decisions. <clears throat> now remember that when and if you go to the bishop to tell them about your illness, you will need to provide sufficient information that he can make a good informed decision about your calling. Just saying that you have depression or serious anxiety and would like a calling that avoids making things worse probably is not the best idea. Unless leadership has knowledge and is fully aware of the effects of mental illness, then they may have strange ideas about what someone can or cannot do. I even think that it's wise to explain it to someone you think should understand. I found that most leadership and people really have no idea what it's like to have a mental illness. So you should consider some of the following questions and even more. Answer them before you go and then provide some good information to the bishop. First of all, what is your specific diagnosed illness? And what are the effects of that illness? Now, even if you have an undiagnosed illness, but you are aware of it, you should consider that too. How often does it affect you? This means how often are you limited in what ways? Now, what are the effects of the illness? Meaning, how does it affect your ability to serve in callings? This means panic attacks, people interactions, ability to teach. You should think of this question in terms of what one might typic be typically doing in a calling. Now, things like, do you have problems teaching in front of adults? Now, this is, I'm not talking about normal nervousness, but the mental illness anxiety form of the issue. Uh, can you serve in a leadership role as a presidency during the week? Will you miss Sundays? How often? Can you communicate any concerns with the president of an organization? So in other words, making sure you have a backup in case you can't make it. Uh, these are just a, a small subset of basic questions to start your mind thinking. Just a quick check. There are obviously other questions you should think about. What you want to do is have the information ready to go so that the bishop can fully understand what your concerns are and what your limitations are. This doesn't limit, now the question always comes up, doesn't this limit the bishop's ability to use inspiration to give callings? My answer is always, good inspiration comes from good knowledge. If the bishop is aware of the concerns, he can factor that into a calling. He can also keep the information confidential. Often the bishop allows for presidencies to provide names for callings, and he can tell them that you just can't serve in a particular calling without anyone knowing why but him and you. Now, I always had the problem that I didn't want the bishop to know because I felt that I could handle any calling and wanted to serve anywhere he put me. I remember a particular calling to serve as a seminary teacher during my years in college. I was under, obviously, a great deal of normal college stress, married with a couple of children, and wasn't yet really working to manage my illness mainly because I, well, no one had ever really told me what I needed to do to manage it, other than taking medication. Uh, the calling was too much for me, and I really had to call and talk with the bishop that with my illness, I just couldn't handle the calling. I think that it would have been better probably for everyone involved if, I've, if I had been able to really discuss with the bishop the nature of the illness. Callings are important to the church as they give us opportunities to serve. But it is not critical that one hold a particular calling to obtain salvation and exaltation. The Lord can teach us in a variety of ways, and a calling is going to be far better teaching experience if it doesn't crash you into depression, mania, or anxiety attacks. Uh, this is the fourth question. Interesting question. Do you think that someone can be healed from mental illness, or will most people suffer all their lives? Well, if you listen to the other podcasts, I have a firm belief in the power of the priesthood and faith of the individual and others to heal any type of illness. I believe this type of illness to be individual and critical to the individual's salvation. So the answer will depend upon the Lord's timing. 
the why of the illness, your faith, and your development of nature and character. I had been promised several times in other blessings that I would eventually be healed, but my timing had never been mentioned. Now, my time did eventually come, at least for the illness to be removed. The actual healing part of it took much, much longer, and I believe probably is still occurring in some small ways. It is one thing to have an illness removed and quite another to have all the effects of the illness healed. Also note that an illness does not have to be completely removed by a blessing. The Lord can and often does partial healings. He heals portions of the illness rather than removing everything. It's important to allow for this to occur. We should have an open mind when we go to the Lord for a blessing and allow him to choose the direction of the healing, whether that's a partial blessing, a complete wholeness, or none at all. I think it's important to remember that the Lord may require you to be a significant part of the blessing. For me, while the illness was removed, the Lord required me to work through the recovery and to work to make changes in my mind and body. I know that I didn't really answer the question straightforward with a yes or no. I do believe that some some will probably suffer till the end of their lives, and others will be healed and others partially healed. I believe the same could be saved for almost well, the same could be said for almost any long-term illness. The answer is very personal, and I don't think that I could answer the question for any one person. That is determined by the Lord, and he will answer the question to the person who seeks for it. I think the final thing that is important to remember is that these types of trials are important to our salvation and exaltation, and we can actually ask and have them removed to our own detriment. The Lord will remove the trial if we ask enough, but you may actually hinder your development, spiritual development. I know that stating that you are willing to accept whatever the Lord decides and actually accepting it are two very different things. Kind of a, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak type of thing. We should do our best to allow for the Lord to decide what is best for us, even if that is to remain within the trial for a time. This doesn't mean that he will leave us alone and that we can't have relief for a period of time. I think that we can ask for temporary relief and he'll grant it. I've had many episodes in my life when the Lord was willing to remove my trials for a short period of time to allow for rest or for me to accomplish something important. I simply had to ask. The best answer to is to ask for the blessing and be grateful for what you're granted. And that is a very difficult thing to do when the answer is the trial isn't done yet. I think that's what you call the harder faith. Faith is easy when the answer is yes and you're healed. But when the answer is not yet or no, then it takes real faith to turn, face the cold wind, and move forward without losing any confidence in the Lord. Now, this is the final question today. Did you take medications? What were they like? What kind of side effects did they have? Do you still take medications? Aren't medications addictive? Um, I guess that's four questions, but This question is kind of off the main path of the spirituality, but it's actually pretty important. Medication is a big question for many people, especially this type of what we call mental medication. Taking Tylenol for pain is one thing, but taking an SSRI, which is a serotonin reduction inhibitor, to avoid low serotonin in the brain is quite another. There are other types of medications as well, and I'm probably not the right person to answer all the questions about medications. My first answer about medication, though, is what I gave in the episode about medication. If the side effects are worse than the illness, then you probably shouldn't take the medication. You're going to have to be the judge what is worse. I took medication the entire time, 
my diagnosis. I found them to be effective for my illness and controlling what I would call the peaks. I didn't go as high and I didn't go as low. And the better I managed the other inputs that we've talked about that affected the disease, the better the medication worked. If I did a poor job of managing my illness, the depression and mania would show what I call show through the medication. Most of my side effects were what I would call minor. Dry mouth, dizziness at first, a little sleepy, lethargic, but most of them reduced over time. Some people don't like the muted feelings about the medications. I was actually okay with this because I had far too much feeling running through my body anyway. Did I ever go off the medications? Unfortunately, yes, all too often. Once you feel better, your tendency will be to lower the dosage or go completely off the medication. This is a bad idea. The illness eventually returns and sometimes with greater force. However, it rarely returns all at once. It comes back so slowly that all of a sudden, I was back into the middle of a deep depression and couldn't understand what was wrong. Now, this happens to almost everybody probably at least once and most likely a few times. Um, Sometimes my wife could tell long before I could that I wasn't taking the medication. Eventually, I realized that I just needed to be consistent about medications if I wanted stability. As far as addictive, I suppose that's a very interesting question. I suppose that, well... The Ill, if the illness returns when you stop taking the medications and you have to take the medications again to be emotionally stable, I guess that there is some type of what might be termed addiction to it. Uh, the purpose of the medications is to stabilize the emotional state of the body. So I guess if you call being addicted to the stabilizing effects of the medication, then I guess that is addiction. I've never seen it that way. I've seen articles about being addicted to these type of medications and that people needed to go off them. Well, if you If you can control your illness sufficiently without medication, then you should probably do that before you start a medication. My problem is that my illness was sufficiently developed, there was no way I was going to have any kind of reasonable life without the medication. I've often supposed that I would have probably committed suicide without it. So I, I do understand, though, some individuals want to be in full control of their body without the medication. I guess the next question is regarding the medication and the spirit. Did you ever find the medication influenced your spiritual decisions? Make it easier or more difficult because it was controlling my feelings. Well, first of all, I wasn't doing it very good. Well, I wasn't doing very good without my medication. I needed some quieting of my feelings just so I could feel the spirit of my life. I definitely didn't, it definitely didn't affect my ability to hear the spirit in any negative way. And I think it had more positive effects. I never really felt that the Lord couldn't get through to me because of the medication or because I had muted um, emotions. I think the Lord has his ways, methods, and abilities to work with the difficulties we possess, even if those difficulties need medication. I think he appreciates that we're trying to do our part. And my experience is that when we're trying to do our part, he puts effort in on his side of things. Overall, I didn't feel that my medication affected my spiritual abilities in any negative way. I think it only enhanced my abilities by removing some of the stumbling blocks. What would I say to someone who is considering medication? What should they consider? You should always consider your quality of life and what the illness is currently affecting, including spirituality, personality, and your relationship. Most of all, most of us just look at the personal effects, and I don't think That is sufficient when you're talking about medications. Mental illness affects our relationships and our families and our lives and our spirituality. Those should also be considered as strongly as your personal considerations. Can you go off the medication if it really doesn't work? Yeah, you you can go off of it slowly, similar as you would on 
uh, go on to the medications. You typically go on them fairly slowly. Remember that many medications that deal with emotional stability take several weeks just to stabilize. Now, you may feel better right away, but it's going to take some time to settle out in your body. Just make sure to talk to the doc. There are a variety of medications that work differently for different people, and so you shouldn't give up after the first medication thinking that they're all the same. Truth is, they're not. I had to go through about four or five different transitions with my medications. I eventually ended up with a combination of medications, and that is also a good possibility for some individuals that they will use a combination of medications, especially when considering bipolarity. The real answer, um, it is going to be, uh, there's no real easy answer to this. It's very personal to the individual and to the circumstances, but we should always remember how we are affecting others when we do this. Now, I guess that's all for the questions today, but uh, as always, remember, the Lord requires the fight, and then he can do his part.